Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. History of Persia is a Hopful Media podcast production. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Life doesn't come with a user manual, so when life stops working for you, it's pretty normal to feel stuck. Imagine somebody who spent, oh, say, 25 years being really distracted overwhelmed by clutter, and fluctuating between being really into obscure ancient history and not being able to find the motivation to do the dishes. That person is me, and apparently, if there were a user manual to life, it might have told me that I have ADHD and should talk to my doctor about that. Therapists are about as close to a manual as we can get, folks who are trained to help you figure out challenging emotions and learn coping skills. BetterHelp has connected millions of people with licensed, registered therapists for convenient and secure online therapy. It's convenient and 100% accessible online. No waiting rooms, no traffic, and not even endless googling of therapist near me. You just fill out a questionnaire and get matched with an appropriate therapist. And if it doesn't click, 
BetterHelp makes it easy to switch providers. Everyone deserves to feel their best, so get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash persia. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash persia. Hey everybody, you may have recently started hearing a little blurb about Hopful Media at the start of each episode, before the ads. There's a full announcement just after episode 83, but I wanted to slip this message into the backlog so you'd know what was going on. Absolutely nothing of substance has changed, and History of Persia is just as independent as ever. The H-O-P in Hopful is literally my acronym for History of Persia. This is just a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff for building a brand to cover potential future projects. If and when that happens, you'll hear about it in this feed first. Thanks for listening! Hello everybody, Trevor here with a special History of Persia announcement. Surprised to find me in your feed a week early, or maybe you're confused about having two episodes after coming back on the regular schedule? Let me explain. This is just a separate announcement to let you know what's happening on the other side of the podcast. Like some updates about me, the show, and what I'm going to start doing going forward. But before you check out and decide you don't need to hear this stuff because you just want to listen to the regular podcast, I encourage you to stick around because I'm going to end this with a mini-episode. I'll get the stuff about me out of the way first on the off chance that anybody is actually interested in what I do aside from producing podcast episodes. Shockingly, I have mostly managed to stay on top of things these last few months, and actually got a little bit ahead. Which is good, because I'm only going to get busier. If you paid close attention in the introduction episode all the way back at the beginning of the show, then you know that when I recorded that back in February, I was in the process of looking for graduate school programs that would help me turn my interests in Persia and the ancient world into a career. Back then, I was living in a little apartment in Rhode Island, but over the summer, I drove everything my wife and I own halfway across the U.S. to a slightly larger apartment, and as of this week, I am now in a full-time master's program at Washington University in St. Louis, studying classics. I'm very excited for the experiences and resources this opens up, and hopefully for the opportunity to translate some of them over into the show. No pun intended. Least of all, I now have access to a few additional books that I've been having trouble getting a hold of, so expect to see some of those popping up on the bibliography page over the next couple of episodes, courtesy of the WashU Library. Since we're just a few days into the academic year right now, I don't really have much more information to share, but I hope that you might cut me some slack if an episode comes out on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning if I'm also competing with a school deadline. That said, I spent the summer trying my best to get ahead on the podcast narrative and research so that I could keep up once the ball starts rolling. Speaking of what happened with the podcast itself over the summer, you are all awesome. The support and interest in this hobby of mine that you have all poured out as listeners in these first six months have been outstanding, and I want to share some information about your fellow listeners and how all you awesome, awesome people have helped the show grow in the last few months. First of all, 
I have to say thank you to anyone who listened between episodes 10 and 15. Over those 10 weeks, every single week saw more listeners than the week before, as more and more of you found the show and got caught up, with a peak at over 10,000 views in the week of July 23rd. Seriously, I am still blown away every time I look at that peak on the chart. Really, thank you all so much. Now, on to other things as a sort of state of the podcast address. This announcement is coming at an exciting point in the podcast narrative for me. Next week's episode will be the story of Polycrates of Samos and its intersection with the Persian satraps in Anatolia. But in three weeks, I'll launch into the story of Bardia and Darius's rise to power, which is probably my favorite story in Achaemenid history. As of now, I'm estimating that it will take three or four episodes to get through that transition, including an episode that will break down the Behistun inscription the same way episode 8 broke down the Cyrus Cylinder. By the end of October or the beginning of November, I'll move on and start on the narrative episodes for Darius, which is extra exciting because not only will the narrative keep going, but I won't have to give that little we don't know anything for sure until after Darius disclaimer anymore. It will be the reign of Darius, and I will be able to just say whether or not a lot of things were true. Of course, ancient history is never certain, but it gets a lot easier. Wrapped up in that will be an episode or two on Zoroastrianism in Achaemenid times, and some episodes on the early wars of expansion under Darius. The way things are looking now, I think we'll reach the wars in Greece right around the one-year mark for the show in February of 2020. Hopefully, in all of that, there should be something for everybody to enjoy. That brings me to the final and biggest announcement of this announcement episode. That is a request for your help. Starting with episode 18, you will start to hear advertisements at the beginning of each episode. With any luck, some of you in the future who get this announcement after it's been posted for a while will be confused because you've already had ads for a few episodes. I offered up those slots through my host platform's built-in service, but haven't had any takers yet, so I'm looking elsewhere for now. Either way, the next episode will be the first to go up with an ad in it. Now, I'm not a huge fan of ads in podcasts, but podcasts can be time-consuming and do have some startup costs for decent audio equipment, and advertisements can help cover those costs. That said, they still don't cover much, and I know there are plenty of people who really can't stand them. That's why I'm also launching a Patreon. For those that don't know, Patreon.com is a website that allows viewers, listeners, and consumers of online content, like podcasts, to pledge a monthly amount of money to the creators of that content, mostly in exchange for some kind of extra content or benefits. Examples include being listed on the official website, being included in a newsletter, bonus episodes, or a version of the podcast with no advertisements. All of those options and a few more will be available on the History of Persia Patreon page, which now has a link on the new support page of the website. You can find a link to that page, as well as Patreon itself, in the description of this announcement. Those patron-only bonus episodes will come monthly starting in October. They will include things both in and out of Persian history, loosely abiding by some kind of connection to the ancient world or Iran. Sometimes it might be spawned from information that I chose to cut out of other episodes for one reason or another, and other times it might just be something that I find really interesting. I've already picked out the first three. 
the Bronze Age collapse, military equipment of the early Persian army, and my personal thoughts on Zack Snyder's 300. If those topics sound interesting to you or you just want more content, come check out the Patreon and see if that's something you might want to do. There's also a special offer for anyone who pledges before September 25th to get a History of Persia podcast sticker. It's two lines of old Persian cuneiform text that roughly translates to the history of Persia. I honestly have no idea if anybody has any interest in that, but it seemed kind of cool to me. I might be a little biased, though. For those that don't feel comfortable with a monthly commitment or just can't work with Patreon for whatever reason, if you still want to support the show, there will be other options. The support page will have a few other sections, like a lot of affiliate links to the products that I advertise on the show, so if you decide to use any of those, you can go through the link on the website and I get a small commission. I'll also be posting a couple of Amazon wish lists full of books. Research materials are by far the largest and most expensive part of this project for me. University libraries are great, but I can't always have those books, and sometimes it's just more convenient to have the books on my own. So if you're feeling extremely generous, you can support the show by sending me books, and your name will show up on the bibliography page under the book you sent. If you do consider that option, please feel free to ignore some of those inordinately expensive textbooks on there. These lists are also just a convenient place for me to keep track of major books on my reading list. I'd be ecstatic to receive any books out of the blue. Soon, there will also be a PayPal link on the support page for those that don't want to commit to something or buy a whole book but still want to make a one-time contribution. I just have to work out some of the logistics of that first. Of course, there is one- I routinely wish that I knew more languages. Even right in the middle of the US, I run into Spanish speakers all the time, and my social media always has a little Persian, Arabic, some Dutch and German. Rosetta Stone does help. It's the most trusted language learning program after all. It's also conveniently available on desktop or on the go as an app and has some really cool features that truly immerse you in the language you're learning. Just the first steps, like learning a new alphabet and some simple phrases, helped open new doors. And Rosetta Stone is a great choice as the trusted expert in this for 30 years and millions of users with 25 languages available to learn. They focus on fast language acquisition, without English translations to help you learn, speak, listen, and think in your new language while building long-term retention. Their true accent speech recognition also gives feedback on pronunciation, which can be really important for languages like Persian, where how you say something is very important. And on top of being available for desktop and mobile, you have the option to download lessons and take them offline. This is also all available at a steal. You can get lifetime membership, all 25 languages, for 50% off. Don't put off learning that new language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, History of Persia listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. One other really important way you can all help the show, even if you do not want to or can't provide some kind of physical or financial support. Seriously, despite this whole announcement, 
The support that I value the most is still spreading the word and sharing the podcast with your friends and followers to help the audience grow. I want the history of Persia to reach as many people as possible and value every single time I see my show pop up in someone's recommendations. I have sincerely enjoyed the interactions with listeners I've had with the last six months, be it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, emails, Discord, or Reddit, and I look forward to even more of those in the future. If you want to get in touch with feedback, questions, or even just to say hi or find a platform to share the show, there are a ton of places to do that. You can email me at historyofpersiapodcast at gmail.com or use the contact page on the website. You can also find me on Facebook as History of Persia Podcast, Instagram as History of Persia Podcast, and Twitter as at History of Persia. You can even chat with me on the History Podcast's Discord server and associated subreddit. There will be links to all of this stuff in the episode description of this announcement. Finally, I wouldn't want you to all feel like this is just me asking you for things without getting anything in return for listening to all this. That's why it says Creasids in the episode title. Anytime I do one of these little fundraising announcements, starting today, I'm going to tack on a short episode about a type of currency being used where we are in the narrative. Maybe it's just a bit on the nose, but I thought it was a fitting bit of history to include here. I know the technicalities of ancient currency probably isn't everyone's favorite topic, but I hope it makes up a little for me rambling on about logistics and asking for money for the last 10 minutes. This mini-episode is going to discuss the Creasid, the first system of coinage currency known to history. These coins actually have come up before on the History of Persia, back in episode 5, Crossing the Halys, when I mentioned that they were issued by the Lydian king Croesus and adopted by Cyrus the Great after he conquered Lydia. This time, I want to get a little bit deeper into the specifics of those coins. The backstory of the Croesid is also the backstory of coinage in general. As Lydia, under King Croesus, was the first government in history to issue coins as a form of official currency, but the story doesn't start with Croesus. Instead, we should look to the generation before him to see how these little disks of shiny metal became a standard medium for the exchange of goods and services. It seems obvious to us now that gold and silver have value and that a government would produce objects of predictable and reliable value to use as money. But at some point, we had to invent all of those concepts. Gold and silver were recognized as valuable thousands of years before our narrative even reaching into prehistory. They are common enough to be recognized and obtained across many cultures and places, but rare enough to be considered valuable, and easy enough to work with and find that they were used very early on in humanity's first experiments with metallurgy. But for thousands of years, they were traded based on weight as ingots or as part of finished crafts in a trade and barter system. It wasn't until the 8th or 7th centuries BCE that rulers started making small round pieces of precious metals with images pressed on them, and even then, they weren't really a currency the way we'd normally think about it. Herodotus and Xenophon say that the Lydians were the first people to mint coinage for use as currency. But the much later Parian Chronicle gives that role to Phaedon, the Greek king of Argos who lived almost a century before Croesus. Archaeologists have never found coins from that Phaedon, though, and so the Lydians have mostly retained their title as the inventors of the coin economy and the first culture to have retail sales that exchanged money for goods. 
The first coins, or more accurately, coin-like objects, date from the reign of Croesus's father, Aliates, who is better known on this show as the Lydian king who fought Syaxares and the Medes at the Battle of the Eclipse. Aliates and some Ionian Greeks on his eastern borders after him minted objects that some have called coins and others have called medals or badges. These don't seem to have had any intentional exchange value aside from just being made of precious metals. They were probably distributed as symbols of royal authority or approval, but that doesn't mean that people who accumulated them didn't exchange them to buy other things. In fact, it's pretty clear that they did, but we probably shouldn't view Aliati's coins as proper currency just yet. The biggest obstacle between those early tokens and the eventual implementation of real coinage was that they were made from electrum, a naturally occurring alloy of gold and silver which can range from 70 to 90% gold content, and its color can range from yellow to a greenish silvery color. The wide variation in gold content and appearance made it very hard to establish any kind of standard value for these coins because their actual gold value could vary drastically. Things were made even worse and more unreliable because the coins ended up being debased, with an actual gold content as low as 45% to make it possible to mint more tokens. These early coins were just too unpredictable to create a stable currency. Sometime between the reign of Aliates and his son Croesus taking the throne, Lydian metalsmiths worked out a solution. A method was developed to separate the gold and silver in the electrum into nearly pure forms. Once the purity of the metal could be guaranteed, it was much easier to produce coins of a consistent value. Croesus ordered the mint in his capital at Sardis to produce gold and silver coins that abided by certain standards. The first gold coins were slightly heavier, approximately the weight of the gold in one of his father's coins, if they had not been debased. Soon, though, the gold creased was made lighter, closer to the actual gold content of earlier coins. It's up for debate why exactly it worked out that way, but a good theory is that it was a tactic to help get the older coins out of circulation as Croesus was implementing the new currency. The final design for the gold creased weighed about 8.1 grams, and these gold coins were paired with a silver variant of lesser value, However, the silver coins retained their original weight of 10.7 grams, which made the conversion between gold and silver creases pretty easy. It was 20 silver coins to the value of a golden coin, and the Lydian creased became the world's first bimetallic currency, and probably the first standardized coinage. As a result of standard weights and pure gold content, Croesus's coins had a reliable value at a glance and were quickly adopted as a recognizable currency in the region. Before long, many of the Greek cities on the Anatolian coast were also adopting similar coinage systems, and official coinage spread slowly into the Greek world. Despite how quickly it spread and how successful its implementation seems to have been, we shouldn't picture Lydia going from a trade and barter economy to a more familiar money economy during Croesus's life. As they were still made from precious metals and crafting them was relatively difficult, even a silver creased was more valuable than most common small transactions. So they were probably only used for large business and probably didn't make it down to the common classes very often. A noble might have purchased a horse in creased, but their servant was probably paid in rations rather than currency.
So what did the world's first coinage look like? Aliati's Electrum tokens usually featured an image of a lion, a symbol of the Lydian Mermnad dynasty. Sometimes that lion was paired with his name in Lydian script. When Greek cities mimicked those coins, it was often with a local symbol replacing the lion and the local leader's name in Greek. When Croesus implemented his reforms, the new coins featured an image of a lion and a bull. The exact meaning of the bull is unclear, but one theory is that the bull represents Zeus, the Greek king of the gods. That has been taken as symbolism of Greco-Lydian peace, or Croesus's rule over the Ionian cities, but may just be an attempt to associate the Mermnad lion with Zeus himself. Interestingly, these coins did not have the heads or tails format that we're so used to. Unlike modern coins where the images on either side are hammered in by machines, the Cresids and later Achaemenid coins had an image pressed into one side while the metal was still hot and soft, creating a raised image on the other side and an empty dent where it was pressed in, like a reverse stamp. The system of creating an image on the reverse side seems to have been a Greek invention, achieved by placing the blank coin between two dies, each featuring a different design. When the top die was hit with a hammer, both images were pressed into the coin, and that system is basically still what we use today, but now it's accomplished with a very precise and fast machine, rather than a guy with a hammer. When Cyrus the Great and the Persians conquered Lydia in the 540s BCE, they adopted the Cresid. The mint at Sardis kept churning them out until about 520, when Darius introduced a new design and system for the whole empire. Because the Cresid was only minted at Sardis, it never really spread to the rest of the empire, but it became the first thing anywhere close to an official imperial currency. Don't think that it was just the Lydian mint carrying on business as usual, independent of the Persian rulers. It's subtle, but the design of the Cresid did change a little under Cyrus and Cambyses. The smooth, naturalistic lines of the bull and lion shapes of the coins changed, they were replaced by the more angular, blocky versions favored in Persian artwork that resembled Assyrian designs. So it's pretty clear that there was a conscious policy change to tie the Lydian coinage into official imperial art styles, which probably set a very valuable precedent for Darius when he expanded the system. So that was a short explanation of the origins of Persian coins, and coinage in general. We'll get to Darius soon enough and everything that he did, but first Polycrates and Bardia. In the meantime, thank you all again so much for the support you've given me and shown this show so far, and for your continued support in the future. For those that want to go above and beyond with additional support, links to everything I talked about earlier will be included in the episode description. Thank you all so much for listening, and you'll hear from me again next week for a regular episode of The History of Persia. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.